Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Carl Morrison, a certified paralegal devoted to law and your host of the Paralegal Voice. I'm a certified paralegal and paralegal educator, and I'm devoted to not only the paralegal profession, but to all legal professionals, from legal support professionals to paralegals to those whom we support, attorneys. I'm devoted to helping others enhance their passion and dedication for the paralegal profession through entertaining and engaging interviews. My guest today is Connie Bear. Connie is an advanced certified paralegal for Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber, Shrek, in Las Vegas, Nevada, and received her certification through NALA. She has been a paralegal for over 25 years, working in areas from insurance defense to construction law to real estate, and developed her interest in the legal field while serving active duty in the United States Air Force. She is a Desert Shield and Desert Storm veteran, and personally, Connie, thank you for your service. Connie is currently the chair of the State Bar of Nevada Paralegal Division, an active member of the Clark County Bar Association, and is very active in Las Vegas Valley Paralegal Association, a NALA affiliate. Connie also currently serves on the firm's pro bono committee at Brownstein Hyatt, which really brings us to our topic for today, pro bono services and paralegals. Welcome, Connie. Thank you, Carl. We are so glad to have you here on the show today uh, to share with us your passion for pro bono services and the paralegal industry. Before we begin, we would like to thank our sponsor, Thomson Reuters Firm Central, cloud-based legal practice management that streamlines your day and automates non-billable administrative tasks so you can accomplish more with less. And also NALA. NALA, the Paralegal Association, is a professional association for paralegals providing continuing education and professional certification programs for paralegals at NALA.org. NALA is a force in the promotion and advancement of the paralegal profession and has been a sponsor of the Paralegal Voice since our very first show. We would also like to thank Boston University, offering an online certificate in paralegal studies. If you're seeking a professional credential or just want to further develop your skills, Boston University provides an affordable, high-quality 14-week program. Visit paralegalonline.bu.edu for more information. And finally, ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted pre-screened process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, who embrace technology and understand the litigation process. Visit ServeNow.com to learn more. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry and share with you leading trends, significant developments, and resources you'll find helpful in your career and everyday job. My guests will be engaging and informational with a little bit of fun thrown in. Our topic today is pro bono services and paralegals with Connie Bear from Las Vegas. And I have to say, listeners, that Connie is someone I would consider to be, quote, the queen of pro bono. (laughs) (laughs) You like that title, don't you? Yes, I love being the queen. (laughs) (laughs) We're really glad that you're here with us today. So, Connie, let's start off. I've got some questions for you today. And so, first question I want to ask about the ABA has always, you know, really strongly encouraged attorneys to participate in pro bono activities. And, you know, at the same time, the ABA Standing Committee on Paralegals has really long promoted paralegal participation in pro bono work through its model guidelines for the utilization of paralegal services, which states that, 
you know, lawyers should really facilitate legal assistance to participate in the pro bono activities. So first, for our listeners, can you give really an idea of what pro bono means and really how does it relate to the legal industry? Sure, Carl. The term pro bono is short for the Latin pro bono publico, and that means for the public good. So when you're talking about in the legal world, the term generally refers to free legal services that a professional would provide to, say, poverty-stricken clients, nonprofit groups, or charitable organizations. So anytime you hear someone talk about pro bono in the legal field, it would be generally an attorney providing free legal services or giving free legal advice. And lawyers are bound by ethical rules to charge reasonable rates for their services and to serve public interests by providing free legal services to those in need. Perfect. So, you know, not only does the ABA promote paralegals participating in pro bono services, but other associations, the National Federation of Paralegal Associations, also known as NIFPA, you know, their model, code of ethics, and professional responsibility and guidelines state that every paralegal should really aspire to annually contribute 24 hours of pro bono services, of course, you know, under the supervision of an attorney. But what's your take on this statement, Connie? Do you agree that paralegals should aspire to kind of contribute uh, a minimum of 24 hours of pro bono services a year? Or do you think it should be more? Do you think it should be less? What do you think? Carl, I think 24 hours of pro bono service a year is a great goal for any paralegal. I think it's certainly attainable by any paralegal that volunteers on even a few pro bono activities here and there. I think that a few weekends, you know, every couple of months, you would knock out those 24 hours easily. And if you're participating in a pro bono activity that really interests you and ignites a passion in you, those hours will fly by. So for me, I have a goal of 50 hours a year. And because I usually participate in pro bono activities that excite me, I don't even keep track anymore. <laughs> it just <laughs> It's so easy to meet those goals. So I think the key is to really find a pro bono activity that is in your wheelhouse or something that may challenge you, and the hours are going to be met easily. And I agree with you, Connie. I think 24 hours is an easily attainable goal. Yeah, we should all strive to contribute uh, additional hours, but even a minimum of 24 hours is, is an attainable goal. And like you said, when you find a passion, it'll be easy. You'll shoot through those 24 hours quickly. What I found was interesting was NALA, National Association of Legal Assistants. They really don't have an official policy regarding pro bono work by paralegals. However, there are comments to uh, specifically guideline number four of NALA's annotated model standards and guidelines for utilization of legal assistance. And it states that, quote, the working relationship between the lawyer and the legal assistant should extend to cooperative efforts on public service activities where possible. So do you think that paralegals can provide some pro bono services without the supervision of an attorney? Do you think you always have to have an attorney supervising you in the pro bono activities? Well, this can be a, a sticky one. Paralegals 
must always be cognizant of preventing the unauthorized practice of law. So there is no reason why paralegal cannot volunteer their services at various pro bono activities with or without an attorney's supervision if they're aware of UPL and they take extreme caution that they're not providing legal advice or, you know, anything that would constitute UPL. Paralegals are able to provide pro bono assistance in areas such as case intake, drafting documents, acting as a witness, providing notary public services, documenting pro bono activity, and data entry of pro bono hours. Those things all assist the attorney or the legal service provider without necessarily requiring attorney supervision. Anything beyond that, I think you really have to take a look and and make sure that you're not approaching that UPL. And that's something that I stress to the students that I educate and have educated for almost six years now is the importance of understanding and recognizing when you're getting extremely close to teetering on that line of UPL and being cognizant and, and knowing where you can go and how far you can go and where you need to stop. And uh, there are, like you just said, services, uh, pro bono activities that can be done, but you you have to be cognizant of how close you're getting to that uh, unethical line there. Exactly. So speaking of some pro bono services, if a paralegal came to you and said, hey, Connie, I've never participated in doing anything pro bono related, and, you know, what kind of opportunities are out there for me? How would you respond? What are some of the opportunities in the way of pro bono services that are available that a paralegal can assist in and provide to the public as large? Well, I do get that question quite often, actually. (laughs) As the chair of the State Bar of Nevada Paralegal Division, I do get the occasional email or phone call from a paralegal that does want to get started participating in pro bono activities. So I do have a list of resources that I can provide that paralegal. And some of those resources involve legal service providers and just volunteer opportunities. So some of those are assisting veterans and active duty service members notarizing wills and acting as witnesses for uh, powers of attorney, things like that. Paralegals can also participate in will clinics and sealing criminal records clinics. Paralegal students, community volunteers can all do intake, um, admin support. There's a whole list of volunteer opportunities for these legal service providers. Um, There's also CASA where a paralegal can act as a court-appointed special advocate for abused children that are in the court system. Um, There's Project Real. There are a whole list of opportunities that are available for paralegals. You just have to know who to contact and where to look for those. Perfect. You know, just listening to you go through the list, there's some things that I didn't even realize that, you know, are considered to be pro bono activities. So here in a little bit, we'll talk more uh, about the opportunities that are available to us. 
Connie, we're going to take a short break to hear a message from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll continue our discussion about pro bono services and paralegals with Connie Bear. Firm Central cloud-based legal practice management software for solo and small law firms provides a single online location for all of the tools you need to manage client files and perform client work and offers unrivaled integration with Westlaw. With Firm Central, you can securely store and organize documents and case files, manage time tracking and billables, and collaborate with clients through a secure client portal from anywhere there is an internet connection. Are you looking to advance your career? Do you know someone who wants to enter the paralegal profession? Boston University's fully online certificate in paralegal studies is a fantastic option. It's affordable, takes just 14 weeks to complete, and is led by accomplished faculty who teach employer-focused legal skills like legal research, writing, technology, and more. Visit paralegalonline.bu.edu for more information and to download a free brochure. That's paralegalonline.bu.edu. Welcome back to The Paralegal Voice. I'm Carl Morrison. My guest today is Connie Bear, an advanced certified paralegal and pro bono advocate who works as a litigation paralegal in Las Vegas. So, Connie, um, we were talking about some pro bono services does a paralegal need any like special skills or knowledge to help provide pro bono um, assistance to the community? No, no, absolutely not. No special skills are necessary. Just a desire to help those that are less fortunate. I would recommend that a paralegal get their notary public credentials so that they can provide notary services. That is one of the, I would say, the most needed volunteer service that a paralegal can provide, and that is notarizing, wills, powers of attorney, things like that. So that's definitely something that would be helpful when you're looking to participate in pro bono activities, is to be a notary public in your area. Okay, so no additional skills or education do I need to take in order to provide any pro bono service, right? No, no. Perfect. Just a willingness to help others. That's great. The servant's heart is what I call it, having a servant's heart. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a litigation paralegal, and I, you know, I don't have any domestic law type experience or, you know, any will experience or landlord-tenant type experience. You know, what kind of pro bono services would you recommend to me if I came to you, Connie, that I should participate in? Well, I think that every person has something in their personal life that ignites a passion in them. That passion may be helping children in the foster system or volunteering at the soup kitchen, feeding the homeless. For example, my passion is helping military veterans, being a military veteran myself. I think that paralegals are in a unique position. Since we're not the attorney, we don't actually provide the legal assistance to someone less fortunate. However, we are able to assist a pro bono attorney, and that assistance can mean everything to someone less fortunate. So my recommendation to you would be to discover what your passion is. If you have a desire to help less fortunate children, abuse children in the foster system, then definitely seek out pro bono activity, 
that would involve that area. Like I said, CASA or Project Real, things like that. If you want to help seniors, if helping seniors would mean a great deal to you, then I would seek out pro bono services with the Senior Law Project. It just depends on what areas you have a personal interest in, something that would affect you on a personal level. And I think that's the best way to make that match. That's great advice because I do have a passion to help with homeless when it comes to uh, like the soup kitchen and things of that nature, food assistance. And so that's kind of my drive. And so I'll have to get with you later and talk about uh, where I should really direct those passions to. So thank you, Connie. (laughs) Absolutely. If a paralegal doesn't have a network in their community of like pro bono attorneys, if they're in a small town, you know, and there's no really other pro bono attorneys or paralegals to talk to about, you know, this topic that we're, we're talking about today, what would you recommend to that paralegal who's just, you know, got that itch to help uh, their community and provide that level of uh, assistance to the community? Well, even a small town would have usually a rural uh, legal service provider that services that area. I would direct that paralegal to their closest area's paralegal association or contact their state bar. Um, If they have a paralegal division, reach out to them. Google is your friend. Google pro bono services in your area. There's a wealth of information on the Internet, and sometimes it just takes a quick search to find those resources. I would definitely call the state bar and ask for a contact person for their Supreme Court's Access to Justice Commission and reaching out to the closest NALA affiliate. Um, You can contact NALA for that information. And I think those are great places to start for someone that really has no idea where to get started. Great, great advice. Great recommendations there. You know, a minute ago, we were kind of talking about some ethical issues and and UPL and uh, my favorite topic. I bore my students to death with uh, beating in their head ethics. (laughs) Right. But, you know, what are some of the ethical ramifications of a paralegal providing pro bono services? We talked a little bit about UPL, but what other ethical ramifications do they need to think about? Well, I think it's really easy to fall into the trap when you are giving back to the community and you're sitting with an individual that has no idea whatsoever about the law and you really want to help them and you want to give them great advice, but you can't. You can't give them that advice. And it's really hard because you know these individuals just need some information. They just need someone to tell them where to go or who to call or what document to fill out. So it's just really, really hard to refrain from giving this information that you know you can give them, but you can't give them. Because again, you don't want to cross the unauthorized practice of law line. You just have to be really careful with that. Perfect. And, you know, I'm sure you have heard or personal experience with horror stories of unethical situations that uh, have occurred in the delivery of pro bono assistance, both 
with attorneys and paralegals, and we're not going to ask you to divulge any of those horror <laughs> stories. But, you know, how can a paralegal protect themselves from crossing over into that unethical territory? Well, always err on the safe side, I would say. If you're unsure of how to respond, seek out attorney guidance. Have a lawyer on your speed dial that you can call and ask if this is appropriate or if it's not appropriate. And if you're notarizing, keep your notary handbook right by your side so that you can always look up what you're allowed to do and you have that as a reference. That would be my suggestion. When in doubt, ask the question. There's never such thing as a, a stupid or a wrong question, and especially when it comes to the realm of ethics in our industry. Absolutely right. So just recently, the ABA held their ninth annual national celebration of pro bono, which they stated, you know, included over 1,300 events from clinics to CLE opportunities to pro bono award ceremonies, fundraisers, homelessness events, et cetera, et cetera. Or, or, you know, and this is across the country. Do you think there should be more done to, like, increase awareness of pro bono services by paralegals and how we should or how should we really as paralegals provide greater awareness? I definitely think more awareness is needed. I think the local paralegal associations, the state bar associations, you know, and national associations can all do a better job at bringing awareness of pro bono and how paralegals can participate in pro bono. The State Bar of Nevada Paralegal Division recently hosted a mixer, and we had the Supreme Court Access to Justice Commission director as our guest speaker, and he spoke to our guests about how paralegals can participate in pro bono. And I can't tell you how many paralegals had no idea about the amount of pro bono activities they could participate in. And so it really made me think that we can do more in that area. I think that one by one, each of us as individuals, paralegals can become more involved in their associations, whether it's local, state, or national, and start participating in these activities. And if each of one of us did our part in volunteering our time and participating in pro bono, I think it could really bring more awareness that way. But definitely the associations need to do more maybe on social media to get the word out. I think uh, that would definitely help bring the awareness. And, you know, Connie, I agree with you that I think there should be greater awareness being made of pro bono services. And it's a matter of an individual that has, such as yourself, you know, having the drive and the passion to do this. And if your local chapter of your paralegal association does not do any pro bono activities, get a couple of people together, you know, do um, something that is going to assist the community at large. So I agree with you on that. So Connie, let me ask you personally, what is your passion when it comes to pro bono? You know, tell the listeners some of your personal experiences in actually providing pro bono services and where your heart lies in providing that access to 
justice in the community? Well, my passion, as I stated earlier, is helping veterans, active duty service members with their legal dilemmas they may be faced with. So a couple of years ago, the Attorney General of Nevada brought to my firm's attention a new program, which is the Office of Military Legal Assistance, OMLA. And the Attorney General brought this idea to our firm, and the Attorney General's goal was to help active duty service members and veterans in Nevada find pro bono legal representation for civil issues, issues that the base, their JAG, could not help with. So if the JAG on the base couldn't help these active duty service members and the veteran service offices could not help the veterans, where would they go? So the Attorney General wanted to help close that gap in services and wanted to provide pro bono services to these members. So in an effort to reach out to the rural communities of Nevada and provide access to this program for some of Nevada's most underserved veterans, the OMLA now hosts wills workshops in which OMLA provides wills, powers of attorney, to any military service member or veteran. And the workshops are held in conjunction with Nevada Legal Services. Volunteers are offered training on the software and general statutes, and the attorneys can submit that for CLE credit. It's a really great opportunity to participate in the Attorney General's outreach, and it really provides a much-needed service to our military veterans. So helping veterans is such a passion of mine. OMLA is definitely where the majority of my pro bono activity goes to. I travel to wherever the nearest Wills Clinic is being held, and I provide notary services, and I witness documents. And it's such a pleasure for me to hear war stories from the veterans, and knowing that my firm is helping by taking consumer fraud cases for these military members who may be a moving company, try to, uh, you know, take their money when they were moving from one base to another. And it just, it really makes me feel good that I'm helping and giving back in that way. Which I have to say, I just truly appreciate all your dedication to providing additional assistance to the military and to veterans because uh, it is an area that needs a lot of great individuals such as yourself providing the assistance needed. So thank you, Connie, for that. My pleasure. Do you find it rewarding providing those pro bono services as a paralegal? Oh, absolutely. It's the highlight of my legal career. It just brings joy to my heart, you know. It's uh, something I really look forward to more than going into work, right, is actually providing those pro bono hours to those that need it. Absolutely. I mean, when you see the smiles on these individuals' faces, when you know they can't afford proper legal representation, and when you know that they just have no idea where to go for the help, and, you know, it can be a really simple gesture sometimes, a simple notary signature, notary stamp or answering one question about a contract, you know, that would be the attorney, not the paralegal, of course. But when you're teamed up with an attorney and you're providing these services, I mean, their smiles just really, really does it for me. Let me ask you this. 
why should a paralegal do pro bono? Well, I think that everyone can give back to their community in some way. Some people choose to donate clothing to the women's shelter. Some people choose to buy coffee at Starbucks for the next person in the drive through behind them. Some people open the door for others. I mean, I think everyone has an ounce of kindness in them. And if you have the legal knowledge and you have the capacity to help, why not? I agree with you 110% that, you know, it feels good to give back. We all have right. some level of giving, you know, givingness, I guess, if you want to say it, <laughs> to uh, give back. And, you know, it's also a great way to gain experience and maybe another area of law. You know, I don't have experience with wills, but maybe I should, you know, consider branching into assisting attorneys that provide will services. It, it provides another way for me to gain additional experience. And it's a great way to network, too, when you do pro bono. Uh, wouldn't you agree with me? Absolutely. And even the legal service providers who you volunteer with, they usually will provide you training in the area that you're going to be working in. So it's a great opportunity to learn something new, to give back to the community, those less fortunate, and to just gain that valuable experience. And above that, it's also a great networking opportunity to meet others in your field, establish new connections, and learn about other pro bono opportunities. Exactly. It's everything you just said. You know, uh, I'm a huge proponent of networking, and what a great way to network is to give back and, and meet not only other individuals in, in our industry, but just meeting the community at large. So thank you, Connie. Let me ask you, where does a paralegal even begin to look for pro bono opportunities? What are some of the resources that are available to, you know, like help a paralegal decide where they want to be in the way of providing community outreach pro bono type assistance? Well, if a paralegal is in Nevada, they would call me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I would say, well, like I said earlier, you know, a Google search is a great place to start. I would start also with the state bar in your state, uh, the local paralegal associations, the NALA affiliate associations. Look for legal aid centers in your area. There's always a... Uh, you know, a legal aid clinic or something of that nature in your area, in any area. And that's a great place to uh, start. Call any of those places, do your Google search, just nail down a few places to start. And uh, whoever you talk to can provide you with other opportunities as well. So once you make that first call or send that first email looking for opportunities, the door is going to open and you're going to get a lot of good ideas. It's really the six degrees of separation. I mean, you just start with the one, like you said, send that one email, pick up that phone and make that one phone call and the door will open and many opportunities have come flowing to you. So yeah, it's a, a matter of just stepping out there. Right. And then narrow it down by what your personal interest is in. Correct. Or what area you want to gain experience in. Right. Exactly right. So Connie, let me ask you, what are some of the constraints and opportunities that are available to a paralegal, like maybe someone works in a small law firm and they want to provide pro bono services. What, so what would be some of the opportunities and what would be some of the constraints 
of that? Well, I don't know if there's uh, any constraints because it would be a small firm. Maybe a small firm would not have a pro bono committee or something of that nature. A small firm may not have a formal pro bono policy or a pro bono engagement letter or any kind of structure as far as what types of pro bono matters uh, the firm would take on. So it might be more on the paralegal shoulder to find those opportunities rather than rely on the firm to uh, generate pro bono cases for you. So, okay, same question, but as it relates to large law firms, Connie, what are some of the opportunities and are there any constraints to a paralegal who works in a large law firm such as yourself? Well, I think working in a large law firm, you will have a larger uh, set of resources. And a lot of large national firms, such as mine, have a pro bono committee and a pro bono partner. So you have those resources just by being in that structure. The pro bono committee will generate pro bono cases for you and your attorney. In most situations, the pro bono committee will provide a new matter for the attorney or they'll seek out a volunteer attorney. And then it's on the paralegal to volunteer to work on that pro bono matter. You also have help from the pro bono committee in a large firm when you're not sure of strategically how to proceed in a pro bono matter that you have no experience in. And your larger firms could possibly provide CLE for you so that you can be you know, full of knowledge in that area. I don't think there would be any constraints specifically due to the firm being a large size. I can tell you that um, I work in a corporate legal department now, having transitioned from the litigation world in a large law firm. And for me, personally, some of the constraints, because we are a small legal department for a you know large company, some of the constraints for me is the flexibility and the less freedom to take on some things during the day. It's more of me having to do this after hours and on the weekends, which most paralegals are probably going to have to do anyway. But what would you recommend as some ideas uh, in the way of solutions to a paralegal like myself who works in a corporate legal department who wants to maybe get their general counsel and maybe the rest of their legal team involved in providing some sort of pro bono community service? Well, I would approach your outside counsel. I would approach your your attorney team and come up with some initiatives in the area of pro bono. Uh, Maybe talk with your marketing people and attract other law firms and attorneys to do joint projects. Uh, For example, our firm has partnered with one of the large casino legal departments here in Las Vegas, and we participate in a backpack stuffing for children from homes that may not have meals for the children when they're not in school. So that's a community service event, but it's hand-in-hand with pro bono, giving back. So I think that you could just, yeah, approach your counsel with ideas and maybe brainstorm with your marketing team along those same lines. I think that's a great idea that to involve, of course, not 
only the legal department, but the marketing department as well, because they will have many different uh, resources and opportunities to collaborate with outside agencies that need uh, assistance and related specifically to pro bono as well. Right. And it's a great public relations opportunity. Yeah, exactly right. It's a, it's a huge public relations. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you this. Here's your personal question for the day, Connie. <laughs> so what, or maybe it's a who, really inspired you to get so active in pro bono activities? You know, Connie, I've known you now for almost two years and you are, and I don't, mean it lightly, you are truly the queen of pro bono. You are extremely active in the community here in Las Vegas. And so what or who inspired you to get so active? Well, I was approached about three or four years ago from our firm's pro bono partner in our corporate office. And she was looking for someone to assist her on the pro bono committee firm-wide. And she recruited me and asked me if it would be something I'd be interested in. And I really thought about it and what it would mean for me personally to assist the firm in its pro bono efforts and how I could contribute to that, both in an administrative capacity and working on pro bono cases that our firm has volunteered to take on. And so that's how it started out. I Currently, I'm responsible for our firm's pro bono hours reports. I prepare those on a monthly basis, and I prepare our, we have an initiative that encourages all of the attorneys to participate, so we have a little, uh, we put stars on the offices of attorneys that have reached different milestones in their pro bono hours for the year. And so that's a program that I've been involved with since its inception. And so, yeah, it was my former pro bono partner that approached me and got my wheels spinning and got me to thinking that that would definitely be something I would would want to do. And my volunteering started back when I was in middle school. I volunteered at the hospital as a candy striper. So I've been volunteering for a long time. And it shows, and your dedication to it is phenomenal. And uh, again, thank you for uh, what you do for the community, and not just our local community, but the community at large, meaning our country. So thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for those comments. Connie, I want to say thank you so much for joining me today. I think this has been a really great uh, conversation, and uh time today. And I'll be blatantly honest, you have truly inspired me to get more active in our community and be a better legal professional, you know, by assisting in these pro bono activities and opportunities that are, you know, available to us. So if a listener wanted to reach out to you to ask any questions or maybe even collaborate with you on maybe a pro bono opportunity, how would they reach out to you? I can be reached um, via email at nvparalegalpro at gmail.com. And that's NV as in Nevada, nvparalegalpro, P-R-O, at gmail.com. And I can also be reached on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn address is linkedin forward slash n forward slash Connie Hebert, C-O-N-N-I, 
H-E-B-E-R-T. And I'm happy to answer any questions that anyone has about the paralegal profession and pro bono in general or specific questions as well. Thank you so much again for everything that you do and uh, really enjoy our time together today. Well, thank you for having me. Let's take another short break now and don't go away because when I come back, I'm going to have a couple of announcements and uh, share with you our listener's voice and answer a question on air for you. So we'll be right back. NALA means professional. NALA offers continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. A NALA certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have this certification, and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. NALA works actively with all those in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why NALA means professional at www.nala.org. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. Welcome back. The following is an upcoming paralegal conference that is worth noting and I wanted to share with you guys and more importantly, would love to see you there. Nails is hosting what's known as Adventure Tulsa 2018. This is April 5th through the 7th at the Hyatt Regency in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You want to make sure and come gain CLE, but not in the traditional setting. CLE will be held in various locations throughout the city including the local federal courthouse, local college, paralegal classrooms, and other non-traditional settings. But it's not just CLE. Many different fun events will be mixed in as well. Seating is limited, so be sure and register at www.nals.org. I will be in attendance, and I'm looking forward to, of course, networking, learning, and having a lot of fun at this event. And today, finally, we come to the segment of the show that I call the listener's voice. This is an opportunity for you as a listener to send me an email with any of your questions, your career celebrations, etc. And I'll read them and I'll select some to be read on the air. So if there's a particular topic you'd like for me to discuss or a question you'd like for me to answer, be sure and send me an email and make your voice, the listener's voice, known and heard. Send your emails to me at devotedtolaw at gmail.com. That's D-E-V-O-T-E-D, the number two, L-A-W, at gmail.com. Today's question comes from a paralegal in Phoenix, Arizona. The individual writes, I'm on my second career and just finished my paralegal program at a local ABA-approved school. I'm having trouble finding an employer that is willing to train me as I have no experience in a law firm or office. My previous job was working as a manager for a large retail company. What should I do to gain experience and find a job in my new field? 
Well, I'll tell you that, you know, today's show, we talked a lot about pro bono opportunities. And to gain some additional experience, you know, volunteer for a pro bono group, maybe like legal aid, a wills writing workshop, whatever it is that can give you that additional experience that you can add to your resume will help demonstrate to a prospective employer that you have more than just education under your belt. You actually have some real world experience. Another thing I would recommend is to network with other legal professionals locally, of course, and inquire how they broke into the respective market. You know, each city, locale is a little bit different on how people kind of break into it. So understanding how other individuals have done it will help you actually figure out, okay, this is probably the route I need to take to break into the market. And of course, you know, how do you network? Well, we've talked about passive and active forms of networking on past shows. And, you know, one of the best ways is to join a local and national paralegal association. You know, NALS, NALA, NIFPA, AAPI, they all have great networks of professional paralegals. And of course, there are individuals within those uh, local chapters that are just itching to help mentor up-and-coming paralegals. And of course, one of the best ways is to take, you know, skills that you have in your current or immediate uh, job for you specifically, large retail company, you know, fine-tune some of your skills that are transferable into the legal industry. I want to thank uh, this particular listener for writing in and uh, keep those questions coming. Um, it's a great way to help others because I'm sure that there are others listening to the show that uh, may have had a very similar question. So be sure and keep those questions coming. Thank you. That's all the time we have today for the Paralegal Voice. If you have questions about today's show, please email them to me at devotedtolaw at gmail.com. That's D-E-V-O-T-E-D, the number two, L-A-W, at gmail.com. Stay tuned for more information in upcoming podcasts for exciting paralegal trends, news, and engaging and fun interviews from leading paralegals and other leading legal professionals. Thank you for listening to The Paralegal Voice, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com, subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS, and find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download Legal Talk Network's free app in Google Play and iTunes. And reminding you that I'm here to enhance your passion and dedication to the paralegal profession and to make your paralegal voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.